season of preparation, preparing ourselves for what comes next week, but we're, we're not there yet. There's still some things that, that have to happen. And so we've been in this sermon series called Crosswalk as we're getting closer and closer to the actual cross, and that walk is certainly going to intensify here this week. But today, we get to shout, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And we've been able to wave our palm branches here in the sanctuary. And if you are at home and and you didn't get a palm, we're going to leave some out on Silver Spring. Come by and take a palm so that you can have it at home and, and remember that you are called by God and saved by our God. But let me pause for just a brief prayer. Dear God, your son came to the city this day, and people received him joyfully. So may we receive him. As he came humbly, so come to us with grace and mercy and forgiveness. As he came in strength, challenge us with a new vision of our city, our nation, our world. As he startled his friends and onlookers, So startle us again, O God, with your urgent love for us and for the world which you have created and ultimately redeemed. In the name of this Christ, amen. Well, typically, you know, non-pandemic times, uh, this week is a really, really big week in worship. And, you know, I just, I miss having the, all the children come down with all of their palm branches, and, and some years we have a donkey, and sometimes the donkey behaves, and sometimes it's an ornery donkey and does what donkeys do. I could make a really bad joke right there, but I'm not going to about this donkey. But there's a really, there was a strong critic of church especially with the pageantry of Palm Sunday. And one pastor was saying, oh, yeah, Palm Sunday is packed. And the critic said, well, of course, because everyone loves a parade. To him, Palm Sunday is just a parade or a procession. But everyone does kind of love a parade. The Rose Bowl Parade and the Macy's Day Parade, I know some of you have had an opportunity to be at one or both of those, or maybe you're like me and you watch it on TV every year. There's all kinds of parades. I remember when our girls were little, and they were really into that princess thing. They just loved to dress up like princesses. We, we made their entire life up to that point when we, when we took them to Disney World and they got to eat lunch in the castle with the princesses. And, and they have a parade on Main Street there at Disney World. And, and boy, our youngest was so excited when Goofy came over and just put his entire mouth over her head. I thought she was going to freak out, but she really, she really liked it. My favorite Parades were the ones when the girls were about that age. At the elementary school that they went to, all the children of the school would dress up and they would have a parade, not just through the hallways of the school, but outside and around the block. And the block would be filled with parents and older siblings and grandparents or just simply curious people who just maybe don't get to see children or hear the laughter of children anymore and just wanted to come out and witness this, this parade. Pastor Andrew said, isn't it interesting that the team from Milwaukee that came in second place in 1982 had a big kind of procession parade, and the team that actually won in 1971 got squadoosh, nothing, but parades, parades. I was sharing with Neil this parade talk, and 
and boy, Neil has never sounded more country in his life to me, when then he said, oh yeah, my favorite parade is the Shaler Parade. Shaler Parade. See, he's still excited about it. And Shaler, according to the 2010 census, had a, a population of 772. But it's known as what, Neil? How about that? That's like a big ball of yarn out there in the middle of nowhere. But, but this little town had a three-hour parade that had free popcorn all up. And, and if this doesn't sound Iowa, I don't know what does. There were pork burgers at the end of the parade. Everyone loves a parade. But maybe the biggest parade that Milwaukee's ever known happened in April of 1951. And I know some of the members of this church were a part of it because all of school was canceled. Most of the businesses were canceled. It was when uh, General MacArthur came to Milwaukee. And we have a picture of this event. They estimate that more than a million people lined the streets uh, to be a part of this, this motorcade. And this was the big event where he was going to receive an honorary uh, degree from Marquette University. And does anyone know where that big event took place? The Marquette football field at 35th and St. Paul. Yes, Marquette used to have a football team, and they beat the Badgers uh, with some regularity. But when we think about this parade, we do love parades to celebrate. But this parade maybe wouldn't have happened if it weren't for one individual. And I want to acknowledge that the month of March is almost done, and March is Women's History Month. And there was one woman who taught for 40 years. She was the head of the history department at Milwaukee's West Side High School, which is now where the School for the Arts is. And her name was Gertrude Hull. You see, MacArthur wanted to get into West Point, and he was having no luck. And so MacArthur's mom moved he and her into a, a place that is right now where, right across from Riverside Theater, and he would walk two miles up, and she would tutor him. And he had the highest score and got in, and the rest, they say, is history. But today, we celebrate, we remember, hopefully we're convicted by an entirely different kind of parade and or procession. And it's a parade or procession that took place exactly the way the prophet Zechariah said it would be. Zechariah said this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble in riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. What a wonderful image a man of peace and love, a man whose presence changed the world forever, the way it will ever be. But we know that there's two reasons why people have parades or why there is processions. In some cases, it is pure celebration. But in other cases, it is a show of force. A show of force. We've all probably seen the images of Hitler's Nazi party marching in perfect formation. And again, I know I've talked a lot about my little girls who aren't so little anymore, but you know, when you watch The Lion King, the animated version, the hyenas, their marching is very much like Hitler's. A display of power, a display of force. And what I read just about every year, just about every year I read a book that came out in 2006 by Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan called The Last Week. 
And in their book, they talk about on that day, maybe likely the very same day, sometime around the year 30 A.D., there were two different parades, two different processions that were coming into Jerusalem. Now, of course, we pay attention to the one that really the journey began way up north in Galilee and worked its way down. This procession, this parade that comes in on a humble donkey, one that has never, ever been ridden before, pure and pristine. We celebrate the one of, of these peasants who were, on our, who were excited about some, something that was going to change in the world. They didn't quite understand what it was going to be yet, but they wanted to be a part of it, and they are shouting, Hosanna, as he rides in. So excited are they that they, they take down leaves, palm shoots, and they place them in the street. Not only that, they take off their garments, and they basically roll out the red carpet that this one who they are saying, save us, save now, Hosanna, using king imagery, rides on. But on the other side of Jerusalem, there was an annual procession. You see, this was a time where Jerusalem's numbers were starting to swell. It was the Passover, and people were coming over, faithful uh, pilgrims from all over were uh, converging on the city, and yet the ruler... We know him as Pontius Pilate, the governor of that area, once a year would leave his quote-unquote beach house up there at Caesarea by the sea and would come into Jerusalem. He wasn't on a humble foal or a coat, a colt, a donkey. No, instead he had chariots, war horses. There was a display of arms. There was this mighty power force, a display of power reminding the people of Jerusalem, you better behave this year because if not, at any time, we can do away with you in ways you don't even want to imagine. One was a peasant procession. One was an imperial procession. One proclaimed the kingdom of God love and grace, and the other proclaimed the power of the emperor. But there was something else about these two, these two processions, these two parades, and it was about theology. One was talking about, you know, God's chosen coming through. The other was, was not that at all, because the other was this Roman government, and they believed the only God was Caesar, Caesar. And there would be no other gods tolerated. And so these two processions converge right there, just outside of Jerusalem in the city, in what was God's people most holy time of the year. One of my favorite preachers and writers, John Buchanan, once said, There is no occasion quite like it in terms of contrasting emotions we love the festivity of it all. We love the idea, or at least I always have, says Buchanan, that Jesus himself enjoyed this day, felt affirmed by the adulation of the crowds, had at least this one moment of victory as the crowds shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But I'm not sure I agree with Buchanan on that. I mean, what do you think? Do you think as Jesus was riding into the city, and again, all this takes place outside the city, 
Do you think that as he was riding over those palm branches, those palm shoots, and the, the cloaks, the garments of, of these people, of God's people, and listening to the shouts of Hosanna, the yay Jesus kind of shouts, do you think he really was smiling? Do you think he was enjoying himself? I mean, I've been on a float in a parade and, and did the wave. I was having a ball at time in my life. But was Jesus... Or was Jesus maybe fighting back a tear or, or maybe was his heart breaking because he knew what we know because we know the end of the story. That Jesus knew where this was ultimately going to lead, where this would ultimately end up. He knew probably that those shouts of Hosanna, these ancient words crying out for God to save us, save now, were going to be replaced with shouts of hatred. That these cheers of an incoming champion are going to be replaced with jeers of one they want to get rid of. I mean, we know how the story ends. How five days later, yes, this cheering crowd will have disappeared and changed into a jeering mob. How the hosannas turned to crucifixion. How those palm branches are replaced with lashes, with nails. We know that... He's not going to have a royal crown. Instead, he's going to have a crown of thorns. I read in the Christian century over these last couple of weeks uh, something that, that really speaks to the pomp and circumstance of Palm Sunday. We, friends, cannot forget where it is heading. That the adoring throng with all of the cheering quickly become people that are a jeering mob. A jeering mob. We prefer to think of Jesus not doing this kind of thing. We, we like Jesus when he, is, when he is healing people. We like Jesus when he is curing people. We like Jesus when he's just feeding everyone. We really like Jesus when he turns ordinary water into some really fine wine. But we don't like everything else that comes with it, that comes with it. How quickly in our human condition can all of our shouts of hallelujah on a Sunday turn into something completely different when we're doing a, a deal at work or when we're having a strained relationship with somebody that we are called to love. Yes, there are times where we feel compelled to lay down our garments so that the, the donkey might ride over them, and yet a few days later we can all just flip the switch and want to give Jesus a dry cleaning bill for the stains of the hooves. What is it about us that has us in this place? Yes, we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. So it's almost impossible for us to imagine that we might have been a part of that Good Friday crowd shouting those, those words of crucifixion. No, no, that's not us. Those are those people. But friends, it can, it has been, and is all of us. We are all a part of this. We all have the humanness in us that can lead us to doing these, these things. And we know that his disciples, as they were walking alongside, they probably were really enjoying it. But we know before the week's out, they're going to make themselves very scarce as the heat gets turned up. So rather than generalizing that Good Friday crowd to include all of Israel, I think we need to realize, to universalize it, to realize that we all, all of humanity is encompassed in that Good Friday crowd. Whether our sins are great or small, 
intentional or unintentional, we are all of us standing in the need of the true ministry of this king, the kind of king that whether cheering or jeering had a mission and there was nothing that was gonna keep him from fulfilling it for all of humanity. This one who, even while they were nailing him, prayed that God would forgive them because he honestly believed they didn't understand the big picture yet, but ultimately they would. And so friends, yes, today's palms are next year's ashes. Today's palms are next year's ashes. Today we celebrate, and it is right for us to celebrate. It is right for us to shout Hosanna, but we know how quickly things are going to change. So thanks be to God that we worship the one, that this, the one that we worship has a great purpose, and that purpose is to save the world of sinners, even the ones who turn on him. We give thanks that he comes in the name of the heavenly parent, the creator of everything that is We give thanks that he chose to be humble and ride upon a donkey instead of a horse of war. And yes, we give thanks, ultimately, that Palm Sunday will give way to Good Friday because we can give thanks to our God that this one, this one that is being proclaimed king is the one and the only one who can reconcile the gap between God and humankind He is the one and the only one who can heal and forgive and redeem. He is the one and the only one who will be forsaken on the cross and yet who will never forsake us in return. And to that, friends, I say praise be to God because that is great good news. Amen.